Uh, the theme this year is blessed, and we're taking the time to kind of flesh out what that means. There's a lot of uncertainty in our world, and people are wondering what this year is going to look like as it unfolds. We can't always control the circumstances around us, but I will tell you this, when God chooses to bless you, he can bless you in spite of what's going on in the world. And I really have felt like this is something we wanted to talk about. And so Pastor Andrew and I have been in a series for the last three weeks, including today. And we're talking about the amazing blessings in a word from God. And I've already talked to you about the power of the word of God to cleanse not only us of our sins, but also our minds of the sense of shame and guilt that so many times attacks people when they find out like all of us have at some point in our lives, that they're human. And then there's the power of the revelation that the word of God contains. And then thirdly, the power that it has to refute the enemy's lies. And fourthly, the power both to create what never was before and to recreate what was once in existence but was lost or stolen by the enemy. And then Pastor Andrew last week did a phenomenal job And he spoke on the power of the right soil for the word of God to take root in our lives. I watched, and I do every service, even if I'm out of the country, I watch the service. I just thought, in fact, I watched both of them last Sunday morning, and I thought it was an amazing service. I want to thank you for the constant encouraging feedback that you provide uh, me with uh, the feedback on ministries and what's going on here. Yesterday, we had several hundred volunteers in this building and, and we gathered together and for a time of, of reconnecting with vision and, and it was amazing. Uh, this church would not be what it is without all of you. And I wanna thank you for making this church a significant part of this community and for touching lives. And I mentioned yesterday, we constantly are dealing with things that that most people would never know about. I'm talking about serious situations in people's lives. Yesterday in the meeting, there was a precious family and I've spoken to them on a number of occasions and they've been a part of this church now for a while. Her son was kidnapped in Mexico about two and a half or three months ago and they haven't found him yet. And I would ask you to pray for them. But every single time we come here, there are situations like that scattered across the building where their needs are desperate and dire. And we are a people who believe in prayer. And I want to thank you for praying with us. I want to thank you for the feedback that we receive. Uh, You have been so kind and complimentary on your remarks about the preaching, the Wednesday night series. We are simply entitling this year... um, um, just, what did I call it? I think words matter. There we go. And every Wednesday night is two different words. And so like one week it was pray hard and another week it was dream big. And and then Victor spoke last week and uh, he did a phenomenal job. I watched that from out of the service, uh, out of the country as well. I watched the service. But I want to thank you for the feedback uh, that I receive on all of our staff and the great job they're doing, Pastor Andrew. In fact, I hear more compliments about his preaching these days than I do mine. And so, <laughs> and I love it, by the way. But Isaiah 55 and 11, I'm going to go there again today. I spoke from this a couple of Sundays ago, but I want to continue the message. And this is what God said. So shall my word be that goeth forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It cannot, that means empty, unfruitful, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. And so today I want to speak to you from the subject, the amazing blessings in a word from God. And this will be part three. Father, it is with incredible joy that we come to this time in the service where we can actually engage in a study of your word and learn things that will impact us not just today and meet us where we're actually living at this moment, but it will equip us for things that will come to pass and take place in our lives for years down the road. 
I thank you that your word is that foresighted. I thank you for the instructions that it contains. And I'm asking you to speak to us now and help us to learn just how powerful your word is. Because when everything else is stripped away and as we discovered when COVID first began, the economy that we thought would just go on and on and could not be shaken within two weeks at ground to a halt. Travel had shut down. Couldn't even go to work, go to restaurants. Lord, and when all of that is stripped away, I'm glad that your word is the unshakable foundation upon which we can build our lives. Nothing shakes it. And I praise you for that. So help us today to receive a word from you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You ready? Let's get into the word of God. I'd like to remind you of something that I mentioned briefly a couple of weeks ago, but it's so important that I want to visit this again. And that is that God's word possesses creative power. It possesses creative power. Listen to Psalms 33 verses 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the deep in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. And that word fear means be in reverence of the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. Did you get that? He spoke and it was done. The word that he spoke has creative power and he used them to create the heavens and all that is in them. That's what the scripture says. He commanded and it stood fast. Now, whenever we receive a word from God, and in this book, there are over 7,000 promises that God has made. Over 7,000. When we receive a word from God, rather in prayer as we're praying and we feel an impression, as has happened to very many of us, in the course of our relationship with the Lord through the years, or rather we read it in the word, that word sets out to create a new reality for you that is different from the one you're currently experiencing. And sometimes it does so immediately. Other times it initiates a process and at the end of the process, the answer comes. It can come gradually. Now, this is actually the difference between a miracle and a healing. And many people don't know that those are two different things. A miracle is instantaneous, such as when Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus, that was instant. Or the man at the pool of Bethesda that had been there 38 years, instantly healed. But a healing is a little bit different than a miracle, and a miracle can be a miracle of healing, because your body is sick and it suddenly gets well. So that's why we call it a miracle of healing. But at other times that healing can be more drawn out. And maybe you pray and you get a word from God. And you were expecting an answer at that moment. And things to change on the spot. And sometimes if they don't, you can be disappointed. And not even know. That what really happened was the process was put in motion at that moment. And if you don't know that, then you can believe, I didn't receive anything. And doubt is actually negative faith. And so all of a sudden, you interrupt the process of what God initiated because of unbelief. If God speaks it, it can occur, occur immediately or it can take a period of time. And you say, well, what makes it that way? According to the word of the Lord, it is dependent upon God's timing. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1 says this, To every thing there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. There's a time assigned to your miracle, to the answer to your prayer. And when God speaks it, what it is important that we know and understand is that if he indeed has spoken it, it cannot not happen. It's got to happen. That's because God's word contains his creative force. It is the force that creates what he just spoke. 
Again, I read it from the Psalms. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. By what? By the word of the Lord. He spoke it, then it happened. According to Hebrew scholars, Jewish rabbinical sources say that whenever God spoke the world into existence, that the words came out of his mouth as flaming letters of fire, and they literally created everything that we see. And you might wonder why in Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit failed, there suddenly appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. They were present in the first creation, and now in Acts 2, they're present as God recreates the broken creation that had fallen into sin. It's an amazing thing. Hebrews 11 in verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God. What did God use? Words. We create our worlds with the words we speak to. It's tragic and unfortunate that so many of us speak the wrong things over our lives, our families, our partners, our kids. Amen. Our words create or contain creative force just as God's contain creative force. And if we're not careful, we will use that to create destruction. When God speaks a word, and this is the way it works, that word begins to exert a dynamic tension between our present circumstance and what God has spoken. The circumstance oftentimes doesn't want to go along with what God said, and that is because you have to understand what the origin of some of our problems actually is. It's it's a, a guy called the devil. And he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's his modus operandi. And so imagine it like this. You might ask, but why would the enemy be interested in me? What does he have against me? I didn't do anything to upset him. No, but look at it like this. Remember that historically Satan was once the anointed Angel that led all of the other angels of heaven in worship of Jehovah God. And so he is there, second as it were, only to God. And he decides he likes this position so much that he wants to steal from God the worship that is being given to the Lord by the other angels. And the result is he's cast out of heaven, down to this world. Now picture this in your mind. You're living on Madison Avenue or Fifth Avenue, or somewhere in the finest, most expensive real estate that exists in our nation, in a penthouse, and there's a Rolls Royce that picks you up every morning and tools you around town to wherever you want to go, and you don't even bother about looking at price tags on anything you buy at the major stores. You've got so much money, you don't even worry about paying your own bills. Somebody else does all that. Your assistant does. And then something happens and the bottom falls out. And you lose everything. And you're evicted from your penthouse. You lose your Rolls Royce. You lose your your black American card, uh, express card. And now you're living in a cardboard shack on the sidewalk. And you're having to scrounge for something to eat. And that Rolls Royce drives by. And the chauffeur, chauffeur is now driving the new owner. Would you be tempted to let the air out of the tires? You get my point? You're not real happy that you were dispossessed from your place. Even if it was the result of bad decisions you made with your company. The enemy doesn't like it. That we are the favorites of God. That God loves humanity so much. And so he does everything he can to make our lives miserable. But when God speaks a word, whether he wants to or not, he's got to comply with what God has spoken. And so if God speaks a word over our lives, whether we get it in prayer, a service like this, or a promise from his book, when we begin to believe in that word and put our confidence in it, the enemy may try to resist, but he has no other choice than to yield. And so that word from God begins to exert a dynamic tension with where we are at that moment to pull us into what God has decreed over our lives. And sometimes it's immediate and other times like with Abraham and Sarah, 
who were childless. At the age of 75, Abraham had not had a child. It took 25 more years before the word God spoke to him and Genesis 12 came to pass. That was a process. Hopefully, you and I, we get our answers sooner than that, right? Amen. But when God speaks it, it's got to happen. So keep believing. Amen. And among the things that a word of God contains, just so you will know, because we're coming up on Breakthrough Sunday, next Sunday, the word of God contains the power of multiplication. Multiplication. You see, God's signs are addition and multiplication. The Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. Go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. The enemies, his mathematical signs are subtraction and division. Always wanting to take something, fractionalize something, separate people, cause problems. But in Genesis 1, we read that when God created all living things, he gave every living thing an ability to multiply. And the way he did it was by speaking that ability into it. In other words, they were empowered when he said, go forth and multiply. His words put in them the power of multiplication. Luke 8 and verse number 11 talks about the word of God being like a seed. Pastor Andrew preached about the word of God and the parable of the sower last Sunday, a different text. But, but we read this where God says, my word is like a seed. Well, God didn't make that comparison lightly. He didn't use it ill-advisedly. Take any seed, I don't care what it is, and hold it in your hand. And when you do, you are holding in your hand, though that seed is so light that you could drop it and not even notice you had dropped it. That seed is genetically encoded with the power of multiple harvest, each one greater than the one that produced it. Why am I saying that? Because in this world that we live in, the enemy will try to convince you that you've peaked, you've reached the ceiling, you've gone as high up as you can go. You'll never get beyond your present circumstance. And I want you to know he's a liar. I want you to realize that no matter what goes on in the world around you, God's got you. Did you hear what I said? God's got you. That's really important for us to understand. Because the government may not fix your situation. The economy may not necessarily be as great as everyone would like for it to be. But this is what I read. I got a word from God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And I also read where David said, I was young, but now I'm old. And the one thing I've seen is I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God will see that you experience a factor of multiplication in your life. Every word God gives you contains that. So if you get a promise from God, whether in prayer or from this book, hold on to it. The second thing that I want you to know that a word of God contains, it has the power to cancel enemy assignments. That too is important. Yeah. Anybody here feel like you've had an assignment levied against you by the enemy? Anybody here going through anything and you just kind of like, what's going on with this? It seemed like every time I turn around, it's an attack from a different source. You will face opposition in the course of your life. But I want you to know that God can stop that. And he can turn what was meant to harm you into a blessing. This is what happened when Balaam was hired by King Balak. He was brought to curse the nation of Israel. And he opened his mouth and pointed his finger and said, I'm getting ready to give him a really good cussing. And instead of a cuss coming out of his mouth or a curse, he said, I bless you. That wasn't what I intended to do. And King Balak is getting all upset. I hired you to come curse them and instead you're blessing them 
You see, he tried to blame Balaam, but Balaam was not the one at fault. There was a God that told Abraham, whoever curses you will be cursed and I will turn their curses into a blessing. Oh, somebody give God a praise break right now. Hallelujah. You see, every single day, the priests were instructed to speak over Israel, the priestly blessing found in number six. We often close with it here. The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you. Lift up the light of his countenance. You know, that whole thing. Every day, the priest did that for Israel. You can't curse what God has blessed. Amen. The third thing that a word of God contains is it can... A word of God contains the power of deliverance. It possesses the power of deliverance. When you're facing opposition, one word from God can literally change everything. It really can. Look at Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 5. A centurion came to Jesus. That was a Roman officer in the military. Over 100 soldiers. And he told Jesus, he said, Lord... I've got a servant that's lying at home. He's paralyzed and unable to move. Could you heal him? And what he was saying was, I've got a servant that I depend upon at home, but he cannot fulfill his purpose and his assignment. I wonder how many people go through life feeling like this servant that I'm describing here. They're not empowered. They don't feel they can... They can ever achieve their purpose. They don't even know what the purpose is most of the time. According to the scripture, the man told Jesus, he said, my servant is grievously tormented at home. The word tormented that is used in the Greek there is a word that means to test by torture. Torture. My servant is being tortured and he's being tested By the enemy. Wouldn't it be nice. If every time you and I had a test. That we could get an advance warning. You are about to have a test. Do not worry. This is not real. It is just a test. It doesn't happen like that. Amen. There is no three minute warning. All of a sudden. All. You know what breaks loose. Yeah, I am. Thank you. And you wonder what happened. The bottom fell out. It was going so good a while ago. And the adverb grievously that is used there means great. It's not just an average test. It's a great one. And the whole design behind that test is to make you powerless to move anymore. The man was paralyzed. He couldn't move. He was in pain. He was stuck that make it any more real to you? Because how many here today are stuck? You're stuck in your marriage. I don't mean stuck with the same person. <laughs> I mean stuck and not going anywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Okay, I got a Boudreaux joke for you. It's about time to bring Boudreaux back to church. Amen. For three years, I haven't told any Boudreaux jokes. If y'all wonder why I tell them I'm a Cajun from Louisiana. I've got Boudreaux's in my family, seriously. So I can tell these. Okay, Boudreaux saw Thibodeau and they hadn't seen each other for a long time. And Thibodeau asked Boudreaux, man, how you doing? He said, I hear you got married. And he said, yeah. He said, I'm, I'm married to an angel. And Thibodeau said, man, you sure is lucky. He said, mine's still living. Okay, y'all pray for me, all the ladies in the house. I got it. Next time I'll flip it around and it will be Marie talking to Lucille. Okay? But you're stuck, right? Stuck in a job that's not going anywhere. Stuck in advancing and trying to make problems that have held on to you and held you back for years go away. Addictions. You don't seem to be gaining any ground. 
I want to tell you that there is power in one word from God to set you free from what it is that's got you stuck. Somebody take a moment. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. The servant was paralyzed. Maybe it's a divorce that's got you stuck. Maybe it's loss of a career. Maybe it's your health that got broke and you're stuck and you're thinking it's got to be that way for the rest of your life. It doesn't. God can fix the pain. Now listen, this is what the word of God says. In Psalms 107 and verse number 20, he sent his word and healed them. What healed them? His word. It has the power to bring deliverance. One word from God will set you free. Amen, 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 amen. It's my testimony and so that's why I tell it. Paul, everywhere he went, he shared his testimony. I'm sure the guys that went with him got tired of hearing it. But there's nothing that you're more as it were, anointed to share than the story of what God did for you. I can bet you David told a number of times about, yeah, man, I walked through that brook and picked up five stones to face that giant Goliath that day. Well, I've been through my valley too, and some of you have. I was rear-ended eight different times in this city by people doing as much as 55 miles an hour. First time I'd just been... Here for one year as senior pastor, uh, as pastor of the church. And I was pulling into the old location and it was Father's Day. Never will forget it. And all of a sudden I look up and a car is speeding straight from my bumper. And the driver's head, you couldn't even see it because she had been over to pick up a gift from the floorboards. She was on her way to give her gift to her dad and hit me full speed out. And the back end of the car completely disappeared that I was in. And three years later, it happened again, only this time by someone that was looking over her shoulder. She was doing drugs and she thought somebody was chasing her. And suddenly I got hit from behind, turning in the same location by someone doing, like I said, 75 miles an hour. Man, surgery after surgery after surgery, fusion after fusion. I had a ton of them. And finally, after eight accidents and all the surgeries and a knee replaced and the damage that was done and, and all kind of stuff going on, a teaching professor from Baylor, a surgeon, was called in to examine me because all the other surgeons said, there's nothing more we can do. And he looked at me and he said, you're a pastor. And he said, the truth is you guys don't know when to quit, but I've got something I need to tell you. He said, within two years, you will be medically retired. He said, because we can't help you anymore. We've done all we know to do. And he said, I'm not even going to touch you. There's no need having another surgery. That was man. And that was about 20 years ago. Amen. And I got it. I got it. I know I walk a little funny because there's still a little structural damage, but I live with pain for years, years. I wouldn't take the medication because I didn't want to get hooked on that stuff. I've seen what it will do to people. And then prophet Lloyd Bustard came to the old location and turned and said, you're healed in Jesus name. And the pain went away. It went away. You can call it psychosomatic. I really don't care what you call it. But one day I was walking through the tunnel at St. Luke's Hospital. And as I was walking down the tunnel, I looked up and there came that surgeon that had told me I would have to live with the pain and I would be medically retired within two years. And he looked at me and he said, wait a minute, as we passed, because the, the tunnel is not very wide, as you know, if you've ever been down that hallway. He said, aren't you that pastor that came to see me after those accidents and all those surgeries? I said, yes. And he said, how are you doing this? I said, what? He said, walking. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
I'm talking about a God that can open heaven over your life and do for you what no one else can do. Amen. And right there in the tunnel, he said, lean against that wall. And I did. And he said, raise your leg. And I did. And he said, move your foot up and down. Because one of the things I could not do was move my foot up and down. It's called foot drop. It just the muscles were dead. The, the, the nerves, rather, were dead that directed the muscles. He said, unbelievable. He said, what happened to you? Don't count him out. Don't count him out. Don't count him out. I'm talking to somebody. All you need is one word from God. It will change everything. Amen. A word from God also has the power to create and grow your faith. Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It doesn't mean you just only hear it when someone preaches a sermon. In fact, you can get too little of the word of God, but you can never, never, never get too much. I promise you. And so you need all the church you can get, all of the words you can get, but it doesn't have to stop there. You can speak the word to yourself. Find you a verse that relates to your situation. Find a promise in the word of God that relates to your circumstance and say, devil, listen up. By his stripes, I am healed. And you keep quoting that until faith gets in your heart and the answer comes. Amen. Amen. I think of David in 1 Samuel 30. David and his men came back to the city they lived in. It was called Ziklag. And in the meanwhile, the enemy had come and kidnapped all of their families and burned the whole city with fire. And everybody was despondent. They, they went into a, a, a blue funk of, of depression. Men were, were crying. And then as one of the five stages of grief, you know what happens? You become angry. Grief is is one of the characteristic stages is people become angry about the situation and they look for somebody to blame. And so they went through the weeping and the crying and then they looked over and saw David and they said, him, if he had not led us to go out, we would have been here and we would have defended our families. And they started talking about stoning David. And all of a sudden, David has nobody to encourage him. And I want you to listen. Because that's when David encouraged himself in the Lord. If you don't have a pastor to encourage you, at the moment trouble comes, encourage yourself. Get enough of the word of God. If you don't have a friend, a family member, if you don't have a brother or sister to help you, get the word of God hidden in your heart. Amen. So that you can quote it back in difficult times. And I'm just about done. I really am. A couple of more things. The word of God has the power to elevate those who receive it. You'll see that on the side of the building. Reach, inspire, elevate. That's our vision. Because if we reach people with the gospel and we inspire them with the principles of the word of God, the inevitable outcome is like it or not, devil, Their lives will be elevated. God will lift them to a higher place. You can't walk with God and not experience elevation in your life. You just can't. This is what the Bible says regarding Joseph. You remember him, don't you? Sold into slavery by his own brothers. After he had two dreams that he would someday rule over the whole family and clan. But sold into slavery. That's kind of like the opposite of what he was thinking was going to happen. And then he becomes a slave in Potiphar's house and Potiphar's wife lies about him. And from there, he's thrown into the dungeon. Wait a minute. Elevation is this way. Joseph is going this way. Doesn't look right. 
But this is what the Bible said in Psalm 105, 19 through 22. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. That's what God's word will do. It will test you when circumstances are actually saying the very opposite of what God was saying. And then you will have the choice of answering this question. Whose report will you believe? Which one of those realities will you embrace? Will you embrace what God said, though it isn't manifest yet? Or will you embrace what you do see? And what does the Bible say? We walk by faith and not by somebody say amen. I feel God in this place right now. Hallelujah. And the scripture goes on to say, the king sent and released him. Here's the word of God at work, that dynamic tension. The ruler of the people let him go. He made him Lord over his house and ruler over all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. So this was the story of Jacob's life. Woo. Or Joseph's life. And then all of a sudden, woo. In one day, God turned it around. I need somebody to put their hand on their chest and say, God is about to turn it around for me. Give God praise if you know that's going to happen. You see, there's not a dungeon deep enough to keep God's word from coming to pass. If you will hold on to the promise of God. Joseph didn't have to plot jailbreak. He didn't have to lead a conspiracy among the prisoners and overthrow the guards and fight his way out. No, the word of God will do it for you. If you will just believe God. And finally, a word from God has the ability to empower dreams. This is inherent in the word of God. Philippians 4.13. Every one of us know this. In fact, quote it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. God will empower your dreams. But he will not only empower your dreams... He will enable you to empower the dreams of others. Amen. Anybody have any children they would like to see God empower their dreams? Neighbors? Friends? Amen. That's what this church stands for. Empowering the dreams of others, not just our own. In the parable of the mustard seed, Jesus tells us in Matthew 13 that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. It grows into a great tree and the birds of the air come and lodge in its branches. That's the key word right there. Lodge. Lodge. You see, it means that whenever your dreams become manifest, it inspires others to believe as well. When God begins to fulfill your dreams, you're creating a place where the dreams of others can also begin to live and thrive. Amen. That's what we're about here. We're not just interested in, you know, the old saying go, me and my four no more. You know, that kind of, no, that's not what it's about. It's about being able to touch somebody else and make a change for the better in someone else's life. So how do you receive or use the power that is in a word from God to change your life? And I close with this very quickly, several points. Choose to believe and live by the word of God. Everybody say choose. No, everybody, choose. The reason I had you do that is because changing your situation begins with a choice. It's amazing how many people want to keep on doing the same thing they've always done and expect everything to magically suddenly be different. No, you got to choose to believe what God said. Make a decision. The Word of God is filled with the principles of how to live a successful life. 
And the reason they will lead you to success is because every word of God is programmed with those principles. You put that word to work in your life, the automatic outcome is elevation, like I said a while ago. And I find that the more that I learn about the word of God, the less I have to pray about the will of God. Really. When I was a young believer, I had to pray about every single situation. God, what do you want me to do with this, this, and this, and this? But the more that I learn the word of God, the more that I understand what his word teaches me. And you see, instead of me always asking, Lord, what do you want me to do? Now I'm able to pray to be in relationship with him rather than always ask, 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 ask. I found out that during the years, I went from my prayers being 97% asking to maybe 3% asking. Because I don't need to always ask him about everything because so many of the answers are right here. Right here. And if I know the word, I already know what his will is and I can now pray, Lord, I claim your will in this area of my life. Amen. Second thing. How do you utilize the power that's in the word of God? Grow your faith by growing your relationship with God. Think about it. Faith is not rational. Faith is not rational. It isn't. I know, I know, I know. We go to school, we're taught it's got to be rational. Not even science is rational half the time. What they taught as science a hundred years ago, they don't even teach some of that stuff anymore. Because they figured out they were wrong. And no doubt it will continue to change as time goes on. I thank God for every advance of science. I'm not knocking it. But I will tell you this. Faith is not rational. It's not rational for a man to get out of a boat and walk on water. It's not rational for someone to feed 5,000 with five loaves and a few fishes. That's not rational. I'll tell you what faith is. Instead of being rational... Faith is relational. The more you know him, the more you realize you can trust him. And it's just like with your other friends. If your friends that are really close to you tell you something, you believe them because you know them so well. And the more you know him, the more you believe what he has to say. And Paul said this, I know him in whom I have believed. I know him. I know him. And number three, speak what the word says. I get it. I get it. It's hard to change the way you've always talked. I get it. Hard to change your attitude. If you're a half empty kind of half half empty glass kind of person, I'll get that right. Just suddenly flip that around and say, nah, that glass is half full. That's tough to do. And here it goes back to what I said earlier. God's word contains his creative power, but so does ours. Stop speaking death over your circumstances. Stop destroying your own potential. That of your kids, your loved ones. Speak life. Turn to somebody and say, that's a good idea. Speak life. Would you do that? Come on, say speak life. Say it with, em- with emphatic declarative force. Speak life. Come on, somebody say it. And stand with me right now. Finally, don't let your faith end in a question. Don't let your faith end in a question. Does anybody know what I mean when I say that? Oh, I know the Bible says it, but... Oh, I felt like God talked to me, but I heard the preacher preach it, but my friends encouraged me, but you're letting your faith end in a question. Don't do that. Believe God. And if you will trust God to fulfill his promises, he will enable you To raise a question that the world has to answer this time. And that is, who is like the Lord our God? 
Who's like the Lord? Isaiah 40. Well, I'm not even going to read that because my time is gone. But every head is bowed right now. If there's someone here that doesn't know the Lord right now, God's speaking to you. His word is stirring faith in your heart. He wants to be your Lord and your Savior. And wherever you are, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I I want you to pray for me. I need God. Come on, raise your hand high. High. God bless you. Hands going up across the building. Keep raising them. Risers, thank you, thank you, thank you. I see those hands. Somebody's waving theirs. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. God bless you, sir. God bless you. God bless you. God bless these families that have raised their hands together. I want to pray for you, Father. I pray for these dear, wonderful people that are amazing that you've allowed come to service today and you brought them here. And thank you that you're talking to their hearts and their lives. And and Lord, right now, I'm asking you to move into their hearts and their lives. We repent of our sins together and we ask you for forgiveness. Save us, Lord. We believe in the power and the efficaciousness of the blood of Jesus Christ that has the power to cleanse us. And right now we're making a decision that we're beginning our Christian journey today. We're starting right now. And from this moment forward, I want to serve you, Lord. Doesn't mean I'm going to be perfect. I'll make mistakes along the way. But I'm asking you to be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Let's welcome everyone that prayed that prayer here in the home. Come on, let's have a party. Can I hear somebody give God some praise? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you just prayed that prayer with us, you will notice on the screen behind me, there's a phone number. You can text any of those things to salvation, make an appointment for baptism, or you can go to the QR code. I'd ask you to do three things. Amen. Get baptized in water in the wonderful name of our Lord. Be filled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit that you may live the Spirit-empowered life. Number three, become a Bible-believing, church-attending disciple of Jesus Christ. And we would love to have you be a part of this church. And now, I want to remind you that if you have a few minutes at the end of this service, right over where I'm pointing, I'll be there in just a few minutes. I would love to meet our first-time attendees. But this is what I want us to do. Our prayer counselors are down here. How many need a breakthrough? Could I see your hand? Doesn't matter what it is, family, friends, job, finances, healing. Wow, look at the hands. Come join me. I want to pray with you as we get ready to end the service. Durant, sing while they're coming. Hallelujah. I'm praying God come. Praying God to come. Turn this thing around. Turn this thing around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. Hallelujah. I'm calling on that name. Calling on the name that changes everything. That changes everything. Miracles are going to happen for somebody today. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. God, turn it around. All of my hope is in the name, the name of Jesus. With our heads bowed right now. There are angels in this place. We know that because the Bible says it. Angels are the servants of God dispatched to do his bidding. To fulfill his word according to Psalms, I believe it is 103. They hasten to fulfill the word of the Lord. You get a promise. God will send an angel to make sure that that word comes to pass because it cannot return to him void. I want to pray for you right now. I don't know what your need is, but God does. Father, I'm asking you right now to touch every person in this building. There are moms and dads who are here that are praying for their children. I think of that precious mother whose son was kidnapped in Mexico 
and they haven't heard a word in months. There are people who need a miracle of healing. And your word says that by the stripes of our Lord that were put on his back, we are healed. There are people who need financial breakthroughs. There are people who need you to do something in their home. Bring forgiveness. There are people who need deliverance from stress. They carry a heavy load. And there are others that are just like the person that I talked about a while ago, the the servant of the centurion. They're stuck. They're paralyzed. They're not moving forward. They feel like every day is a repeat of yesterday and the week before and the month before and the year before. And they're not making any progress. And I'm asking you, God, to get them on the right track. I'm asking you to lift people up who have been unable to move, who are stuck. And get them out of the rut they're in. There's somebody that needs deliverance. That's dealing with an addiction. That's private and only they know about it. But I'm asking you God. To curse that thing. And let the hold of that addiction. And the grip it has on their life. Be broken right now. In the name of Jesus. And God I pray. For others to be set free from things that are holding them back. And we ask you to intervene. Because you have the power. You have the authority to speak to every situation that could possibly exist. And there's not a one of them that can say no to you because you're the Lord of all. I want you to lift heavy loads. Lift burdens. I really feel like I'm talking to somebody right now, praying for somebody, I should say, that's dealing with an extraordinary amount of shame. And I don't even know where that comes from and don't need to know. But I, God, I'm asking you to lift that over their sh- from their shoulders and let them move forward with their life. I thank you that you love us in the middle of our failures and our weaknesses. You see us as imperfect as we are and you still care for us. That's amazing. You're amazing. You're amazing, Lord. You're amazing. I think you're doing something here, Lord. I feel a profound sense that you're at work in somebody's heart right now. You're moving in somebody's life. Beloved, if that's you that God is dealing with, raise your hands right now. Because God is at work in this place. Reach up and receive what God is doing right now and say, Lord, I welcome it. I receive it. I embrace it. I claim it. I know that you're answering my prayer. I know you're here. I know that after this service today, I will never be the same again. Never, 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 never. Something is going on. I know it. I feel it. I feel it. It's happening in my heart. Hallelujah. There are breakthroughs that are happening. Yes. 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 Somebody reach up. Get a hold of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.